Uh, yeah, I'm trying to read. This is Brandon Barnett. We spoke before about uh about Casey. I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to tell y'all sorry. I'm Brandon Barnett, and this is Searching for Ghosts. According to Wikipedia, the Seven Deadly Sins is a grouping and classification of Christian origin, of vices. According to the standard list, they are pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth. Number six on that list is wrath. Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines wrath as, number one, strong vengeful anger or indignation, and number two, retributory punishment for an offense or a crime. I said in last week's special announcement that we have received some things that indicated that some have been less than truthful to us. One of these people was briefly mentioned in episode 11, Does Anybody Really Know What Time It Is?, where we attempted to close in on the timeline from the night in question. For the purposes of this podcast, we will call this man Tom. Tom was the man that Cindy had told some had stopped by the house that night, not once, but twice. He claims... And according to Steve and Cindy, he claims that he had come to the house that night before Cindy and Steve got home. And they wasn't there, so he left. And then he come back after they was home. I didn't realize he came to their house that night. Yeah, Steve and Cindy said he come back. And it was my understanding it was about 2.30 when Cindy and Steve come home and said he was there around 1.30. I felt that Tom wasn't being truthful with me, but I chalked it up to him being spooked the day before by someone asking him about his whereabouts the night Casey went missing. I've heard similar versions of the story, so I decided to track this guy down, and that's when I made a rookie mistake. I put out an all call looking for him on Facebook. Well, someone tracked him down and confronted him before I had a chance to talk to him. This person told me, quote, I flat asked him if he was there that night, and he said yes, but that it was around 11 p.m., unquote. If you remember, Tom told me that he never was at the house that Friday night, early Saturday morning. He stated that he had driven by the house after Casey went missing. He claims that he drove by the house after Casey had disappeared, when people were already looking for her. He now says he was never even there late Friday night, early Saturday morning. He told me that he never even pulled up in the driveway. But I was more concerned with finding out what he was driving. I was hell-bent on finding the driver of that two-tone Chevrolet pickup. When he volunteered with exacting detail the truck he was driving, I didn't force the issue about the timeline. As I stated then, he was terrified. But he did state that he was driving his mother's brand-new metallic silver Ford Ranger that night. It's a truck, but it's nowhere near the description I had been hearing of the truck seen in the driveway. He was terrified that he was going to be accused of this. In the documents we have recently received, a witness gave a statement concerning Tom that was more in line with what I had heard about him previous to interviewing him. It should be noted that this witness is the same person that Tom told me was gunning for him. I will not use his name. He begged me not to make him look bad. 
He told me that he has already lost a job because people had pointed the finger at him in the past. He stated that he had always been cooperative and had even spoken to the FBI. According to the report, this witness said that Tom, quote, seemed to know something about Casey disappearing. She stated that Tom was talking about committing the sixth sin twice, unquote. That's a very curious and unique statement to me. The sixth sin twice? The statement also read that Tom and Pete Hill, Mr. Y, were acquaintances. I found it curious that in the report, after Mr. Y's name, it says Casey Uncle. There's the word and between Tom and Pete's name. Then it says Casey Uncle. Not Casey's uncle, but it reads as if that is how the report is describing Mr. Y, not a third person. Mr. Y was not Casey's uncle, but I've heard that Cindy has stated in the past that Casey called him Uncle Pete. Again, very curious. The report goes on to read, quote, she advised us that one day she had Tom in her kitchen and she began talking about Casey to Tom and Tom became visibly upset, shaken, and dropped a cup in the kitchen floor and began to retreat away, Unquote. I've heard things through the grapevine that Tom was not only at the house that night, but he did finally catch Cindy and Steve at home. This report doubled down on this rumor with statements from two people. Quote, According to the ladies, Tom pulled up to the McDaniels' home the night she disappeared and both Cindy and Steve were in a heated argument about something, unquote. What was this argument about? If you remember from a previous episode, Cindy and Steve were extremely intoxicated when they left the house party. And here's the rundown of the timeline. Cindy and Steve arrived at the party at approximately 11.30 or midnight. They left at 2 a.m., drunk as a bicycle, his words. We've all been there. Alcohol will make you fight over the dumbest thing. Just because they were arguing doesn't mean it was over anything nefarious. But we have a potential witness at the house the night after Casey was taken. But now he won't even put himself at the scene that night. Let me give a little background on Tom, at least what the locals have told me. Tom has always been a different character. Evidently, conversations with him are always colorful, let's say. And these accounts were describing Tom before he had had his stroke. You can hear the evidence of the stroke when you talk to him now. Another account about Tom was that he was always looking for a party. That would explain why he stopped by Cindy and Steve's that night. The only phone number I have for Tom is actually a relative's number. That's how I've contacted him in the past. I called this relative and we had a lengthy conversation. He was giving me pointers on how to approach Tom to get him to open up. He gave me some information that Tom had recently mentioned. So I decided to lead with that instead of accusing him of not being truthful. I called Tom and we start talking about what he had recently said to this relative. We'll get to that in a minute. Then we get to the night in question. And here's where I believe that Tom's stroke has affected his memory. He's not lying. He just has trouble remembering the past. He stated at first that it was his recollection that Cindy and Steve weren't even together at the time of her disappearance. That it was the boyfriend she had had before Steve and who she ended up marrying after Steve. Well, I know for a fact that this isn't true, but in telling me this, you could tell he believed it. I thought it was Steve. I thought Kenny had gotten out. So I jumped straight to the argument that he was reported to have witnessed between Steve and Cindy. And without missing a beat, he starts recounting it. He was working in Jonesboro, Arkansas at the time, and he stopped by to see what Cindy and Steve were up to. This time, he does admit to pulling up in the driveway, getting out of his truck, but that he didn't get far. He said there was Cindy, Steve, and others looking around the property with flashlights. He said Cindy was, quote, going haywire, unquote. Did you uh, 
did you happen to remember any? Did you recognize anybody else out there looking besides Cindy and Steve? Okay. He told me he immediately left, saying that he wanted no part of that. He said that Cindy and Steve were always into it, and he didn't like being around that. I asked him two or three times if this was the same night that Casey went missing. He said it was. Was that that? Each time I asked him. Was that that night? That night? And what, what were they arguing about? Do you remember? Yeah. But but that was the night she went missing then. So so that was that was the night of though, right? I don't know if he's a credible witness at this point, or if he ever was, to be honest. But if you think about it, it wouldn't make sense to check the land behind the house after dark on that Saturday. You would think that would have been done during the day. If the police report was filed at 2 p.m. on Saturday, and that was done after Cindy had driven all over to look for her, as mentioned in episode one, they still had six and a half hours of daylight to search behind the house. And it should be noted that one of the stories that I've been told as to why the search party from the church was asked to leave was that Steve and Cindy had already searched behind the house. But if what he witnessed was from late Friday night, early Saturday morning, it doesn't make sense that Cindy was frantically looking for her, but then just assumed Casey had spent the night with Amber. Now back to what Tom's relative had told me about what Tom had said to him recently. After dining at a Milan restaurant, which has a flyer on the window about Casey, Tom says to his relative almost in passing, quote, I know who drove that truck they're looking for. That guy's been dead for years. Unquote. And he had said something about you might you might know who who uh, used to drive that truck I've been looking for. Was it a was it a two tone? Okay, so club so club cab it had had four doors or is it just the uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, like an extended cab kind of thing. Okay. been listening to the Left of Nashville Podcast Network.